Tennessee's finest fantasy football podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yo, what's going on, fantasy world? Welcome back to the show. This is the Fantasy's Finest podcast. You know what's going on. I'm your host, William Spencer. Man... If you were me and you were watching Monday Night Football and you were watching the Chiefs versus the uh, I was about to say Falcons. If you're watching the Chiefs versus the uh, Baltimore Ravens, you I hope that you were able to avoid the Patrick Mahomes buzzsaw like I couldn't because I had like a uh, it had to be like a 50, 40 point lead. And Patrick Mahomes just dusted that like it was nothing. And in the league that I'm in, my top tier league, you get extra points for 40 yard uh, touchdown passes or 40 yard passes. And he throws a freaking 40, 40 plus yard touchdown to Miko Hartman. I'm sitting up there like, yo, this can't be it. <laughs> Look at him checking the score, refreshing. I was like, dang. And then he goes on, he throws another. He has five touchdowns on the night. He completely destroyed. And then to make it worse, he kills me in two different leagues. Mahomes kills me the same night in two different leagues. And in the other league, I had a 60, uh, uh, I had to have at least a 69, uh, 68 point lead. He completely destroyed it. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, my Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> you are my, you are now on my enemy list. <laughs> And Russell Wilson ain't do me no favors either, man. He cooked my squad in uh in my CBS league. It's like if you faced, if you had the misfortune of facing off against either Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson for week three, he you basically got cooked. That that's if you please tell me if you after hearing this episode and you managed to somehow beat. Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson for week three and get the W in your fantasy league. I would love to hear that story because I don't see how you avoided that onslaught. Five touchdowns. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. It, it was a hurt piece, man. I was sitting there watching the game. And when he threw that, I, I was like, I flipped my phone in the air. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> and the guy I was playing, right? Uh, shout out to my boy, Pap. He beat me. <laughs> he beat me. He beat me. Be good. I I went on Twitter. I'm like, yo, this is this is this is Mahomes. Mahomes done ruined my night. And he sees my tweet and he retweets it. And he starts laughing. I'm like, there's nothing I could do. Not even though in in my top tier league, I had Ryan Tannehill starting. He had an easy matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, and he kind of he he fizzled out. So to 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 make matters worse, I had Tom Brady who decided to have a great game. But even still, even with Tom Brady having a great game in week three, no matter who I started, I was going to lose. The Ravens defense decided of all nights not to show up, and they just got completely shredded. You know you can't let these wide receivers get behind you. Ah, it's whatever. But um, this is the <laughs> – I'm so distraught. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. We're on to week four. We're about to head into week four. And, you know, we got to do our studs and duds for week three. Uh, we're going to cover some guys in our waiver wire segment, cop and drop. And um, we're just going to get through. We got to we gotta work through this, this, this destruction 
of fantasy point leads by these two quarterbacks. We got to work through it, man. Unfortunately, hopefully, if you have Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, you're good. But let's get into the episode. These are the things we're going to go over. We're going to cover, like I said, we're going to cover our studs and duds for this week. We're going to do our cop and drops for waiver wires. And, um, you know, get you prepared for week four. That's what we, yeah, we got to look forward. That's what we got to do. We got to look forward. So before we get into it, you know what you got to do. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Make sure you follow me at Hype underscore Finest. You can follow Jalen and Mark at Ace underscore ECA4 and at McNucks. Um, sheesh, it hurts your soul, man, especially when you had it kind of late. But, you know, it's whatever. All right. I'm 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 done ranting. Um, you know, and to make matters worse, my Cowboys lost to the Seattle Seahawks. So that's like a double whammy. But it's it's uh, this is like one of those things where you 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 putting your fingers up in your eyes and you just rubbing them like, "Oh god, this is the worst." But week 4. This we got to focus on. Week 4. We moving forward. We moving forward. At least the Eagles tied with the Bengals. <laughs> I had Eagles fans in my mentions the whole time. Oh, yeah, man, you you was talking all this trash, and now y'all lost to Seattle. But we lost to Seattle. Seattle is different from tying to the Bengals. Major difference. I won't get into that rant. This ain't a Cowboys Pass uh, podcast. Hopefully my guys, uh, Mike and Paul, go over that this week in their podcast across the Cowboys. You can check them out, too. Um, oh, I got to shout out Mike, though, real quick before we get into it. Mike, this guy, this guy, J, uh, JKH, was going back and forth with me about, you know, the Cowboys losing and, you know, oh, well, you know, Carson Wentz is still better than Dak and blah, blah, blah. And Mike went into his Twitter account <laughs> and he screenshot a tweet that was like, you know what? I can't defend Carson Wentz no more. And I was like, well, you up here talking about how great Carson Wentz is and this, that, and the other, and then you go and tweet that that you can't defend him anymore. And <laughs> I was like, Mike, you found some gold. I thought I was petty. Mike just like, look, I don't care. You go talk. You go stop all this rah rah noise about who's better than who when your when your guy is obviously trash. Good find by you, Mike. That's why you my guy. <laughs> but let's get into the episode, man. I didn't talked enough. Let's get into the news. <laughs> News and notes from around the NFL. First up, Nick Foles has already been announced for the uh, starter for week four against the Colts. Mitch Trubisky was stinking it up against the Falcons. He got benched midway into the third quarter and Nick Foles came back and won the game. He threw 188 yards, three touchdowns. How do you get... How does this guy keep doing this? He keeps coming in these games and he just carries team. It's frustrating to watch because it's like, I I, I can't really, I honestly can't put it to words because when he's a starter, he's had maybe one good season. And that was when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and he went, uh, he threw 27 and three on a season. And then they kind of fizzled out in the playoffs, but he he carried the Eagles to a playoff berth. He carried them to a Super Bowl win. This is just something that he has a habit of doing. 
And he keeps doing it. He's done now. He's doing it in Chicago. It's like I don't know. This, I don't know how you can explain this whatsoever. But he's done it again, and now he's the starter. Um, I, it, as he's the starter, he, um, he bumps up value for Allen Robinson in the rest of the passing attack because he's more ac- he's more accurate than Mitchell Trubisky. Now I'm not going to laud him and say that he's you know top ten, top fifteen quality. But he's much better than what Trubisky was offering in the offense. So if you have Allen Robinson and you have um, Anthony Miller, you might want to hang on to those guys if you were thinking about trading them um, before the switch happened. So that's a positive. Now I move on to the Bucks. Uh, wide receiver Chris Godwin left Sunday's game against the Broncos with a hamstring injury, and he got checked out via MRI. Now the recent news is that he's going to miss multiple weeks with this hamstring injury. And it's a shame because you just got him back um, from, I believe he was a concussion. He took a late hit um, in a Saints game and missed, uh, he missed a little bit. He was worried about he was going to miss some time, but now he's going to miss even more time with this hamstring injury. Um, We'll have to see who pops up later on this week in practice and who will take over his role as the slot guy. Um, Justin, Watson, I believe, is still out with a shoulder injury. They're going to probably reevaluate him and see what's going to go on there. And then you got a Tyler, the rookie Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, and maybe Rob Gronkowski. But they've been so iffy uh, up until this point, so I don't know if you can trust them or not. But we'll see who gets that, who gets the uh, the call for next man up. Seattle's running back Chris Carson suffered a knee sprain against the Cowboys. Now. I'm a Cowboys fan, and even I got to say this that move was kind of dirty, man. Like, what were you doing? Tristan Hill rolled up his knee. It, it That's not cool, man. That's not cool at all. Like, you got him down. Um, there's no more that you need to do to a guy like that. I, I don't like seeing injuries like that. Hill has to be more conscious of what he's doing even while he's tackling. If you got a guy by the ankle, there's no need to roll over and try and break that man's leg like that. Like, and I've seen it done. I've seen other Cowboys fans like post about what happened with Dak in the Rams game earlier this year. That wasn't cool either, but you got to call a spade a spade. Both plays were dirty. That's just what it is. There's no, there's nothing getting around that. You know, you can try and shield your guys if you want to, but that's not a cool play. Like Hill got a, Hill's going to, he should be fine for that. So, but it's good that, uh, the good news out of that is that Chris Carson, the injury is only considered minor. They're probably going to check him out and see how he's going to um, feel during practice, but he shouldn't miss any time. If anything, I would say they probably give him a a break this week just in case. And then uh, you're looking at Carlos Hyde to take over just, uh, you know, just until Chris Carson is back at 100 percent. Moving on to Philadelphia. Doug Peterson says that he wants to get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands and free up his mind and make him help him make the plays that he's capable of making. So basically he's saying he's going to dumb down the offense for Carson Wentz. Now, if you've drafted Carson Wentz, you, you were probably looking to get, grab him at a value. Um, but it's unfortunate because he hasn't been able to perform up until this point. You've gone over three weeks. He has basically sucked the three weeks starting into the fantasy season. Um, I'm not going to say outright drop him yet, but you're definitely putting him on the bench for a better option. Um, whoever you can pivot to at this point, um, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe Ryan Tannehill if he's still available. 
in your leagues. Um, Gardner Minshew may be a good streaming option depending on the matchup, but it just sucks because you were expecting more. You were expecting to get him out of value and then for him to perform better than what he has. And he hasn't done that. Seven takeaways already in the season, the most in the NFL. That's costing you fantasy points, and he's not throwing up touchdowns either. So you have to put him on your bench at the very least. If you want to drop him and you have a better option, by all means, because he's probably going to sit there on a waiver wire just in case he does start to pop again, and then you can pick him back up. Dwayne Haskins is also in the hot seat in Washington. Now, Ron Rivera opened up by saying that uh, Haskins has to play better for his teammates and that there is a cutoff point if Haskins doesn't improve. And then he kind of walked it back and was like, you know, I'm you know, I'm just trying to work with the guy and trying to help him build him up and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, 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 we get all of that. But if you watch Haskins over the first three weeks, he hasn't looked particularly good. He, I feel like he's, like, stuck in the middle. Like, he could be good if he was a little more aggressive. But when you watch the games and you watch his attempts and you watch even some of the defense that he's going up against, they are rather tough. But the Browns game in particular wasn't that great. Uh, The Arizona game was winnable, but he didn't really turn it on until it got close to the uh, third and fourth quarter. The Eagles game, he had a, you know, that was a little rough matchup because they don't have any other weapons in the offense outside of Terry McLaurin. You know, he's starting to get it a gel with uh, Logan Thomas, but I don't know. You just, he just seems like he's teetering back and forth, but Ron Rivera might be getting tired of him. Uh, and he does have Kyle Allen and Alex Smith waiting in the wings just in case Haskins doesn't work out the rest of the season. And finally, back to Chicago, Tariq Cohen tore his ACL during the Falcons game and the team has moved him to IR that's messed up for you know the young running back speedy recovery I hope you feel help you get better and be ready for the 21 season and that'll wrap it up for our news now let's get into this man studs and duds week three studs and duds now I figured this time around since we introduced the the uh, segment last week, I wanted to clean it up a little bit. So I got up, I broke everything down into positions. So we're going to go over some studs and duds by position. And I didn't want to really get too obvious with it. Like, you know, Russell Wilson is obviously a stud. You know, Patrick Mahomes is obviously a stud. You know, I wanted to, to highlight some of the guys that you probably don't have or either don't have on your fantasy team or they're not highly ranked, but they still put up pretty good weeks, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I'll go through the list and I'll let you see who I got. So first up, I got Ryan Fitzpatrick versus the Jaguars. Now, he only threw 460 yards, just 20 attempts, but he threw three touchdowns. And on the week, uh, he was about the Q. He was still a top 10 QB in fantasy for week three. So that's not bad for a guy who's still sitting on the waiver wire and he's not, you know, he's not going to be picked up unless you need a a great, if you have a bye week or you have a matchup that you don't like, and you're probably going to pivot, he would be the guy to do that. But otherwise Ryan Fitzpatrick had a very good game against the Jaguars. And of course, like I said, that was a good matchup for him. The Jaguars defense is not world beaters. 
Now, he finished as a QB6 um, in fantasy for this week. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, like I said, matchups. You might have a sucky matchup. You might have to go up against the Ravens defense. Or, you know, you might have to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, your quarterback don't throw touchdowns like that. If a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick has a better matchup, why not take it? See how it goes. But he's still going to be out there. He's not owned a lot in fantasy. Um, He's still sitting on the waiver wire. So just keep that in mind. You know, they got to play the Jets sooner or later. So that's something to keep in mind, too. The Jets suck. But top 20. See, I'm down on top 20. <laughs> All right, moving along. I have Tom Brady. Now, I mentioned Tom Brady earlier. He had a great bounce back game. 290, almost 300 yards, 297 yards on 38 attempts through three touchdowns. And he basically cooked the Denver Broncos. 23.8 fantasy points on the week. Not bad. Not bad at all. But you were hoping you were hoping and praying that Tom Brady was able to bounce back uh, after two weeks of bona fide stinkers. So it was good to see him back in there. Um, unfortunately, he does lose uh, Chris Godwin, but hopefully they start opening up the offense a little bit more and letting him use, you know, other guys who can fill in that spot. Maybe something from the tight end position. We did see Gronk catch. Uh, he had seven targets, six catches. Hopefully that's something to continue, but because of the shaky start, um, at best, you probably want to just bench him and see how it goes. But, you know, there are probably still better options on at tight end like Eric Ebron or um, Mo Ali Cox or somebody like that who, and I know I'm talking about, I've been talking about Mo Ali Cox, man, but he's obviously better than Jack Doyle. Like, come on, man, you can't. If really you're gonna you really gonna start Jack Doyle over Mo Ali Cox now after two good weeks back to back? Nah, I'm not. I'm I wouldn't do that either. But back to Rob Gronkowski. Uh at the at worst, he's probably a bench player. Just keep him on there and then hope that the trend starts to go up for him um after this week, after the solid week. And finally, Joe Burrow. Versus the Eagles, 312 yards, 44 attempts, two touchdowns. Um, I think that with Joe Burrow, he's going to have, you know, easier matchups. But the thing about him is that he they're going to have to pass to get into this game. The Bengals run offense is abysmal. Joe Mixon has one of the highest uh, carries. I think he's ranked uh, first in carries. But his production is bad. I mean, that's, you know, partly because the offensive line sucks. But because the run game for the Bengals has not been working over the first three weeks, they're going to have to pass. And that means there's going to be a lot more production for the wide receivers, maybe the tight end. If Sample can get in there, um, it's just going to be a pass heavy offense, which is going to lead to production Um from Joe Mixon and the wide receivers. So he's he scored uh 23.20.3 fantasy points on this week. That's not bad for a guy who's just coming into the league. So if you have Joe Burrow on your bench, he might be a matchup play too. Um but you know they're going to have to throw the ball so the production should be there. Now let's move on to the running back position. For my studs and my running backs, I have Rex Burkhead versus the Raiders came out of nowhere. 
Six for 49 yards rushing, two touchdowns, seven catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. 34.8 fantasy points for this week. He finished as your RB2 in fantasy for this week in PPR. Now, this is how I feel about this. This is all great. You know, this is great for Rex Burkhead. But haven't we seen this before? Haven't we seen him give us like a great game or a great two games and then completely fall off the map because of Bellatrix? I feel like this is like a rerun that I've seen before. Um, I'm not touching this guy. You know, it, it's great that he had a great week. Um, you know, stellar performance. They finally got something out of their run game. You know, the Patri- the Patriots running backs had a pretty good week. Um, Sony Michelle went off for over 100 yards. Uh, the young boy JJ Taylor was getting some action. Like it was, they basically had a great run run game this week against the Raiders. But he's Rex is on the wave wire for a reason. You can't trust him. He's not consistent. And the Patriots running backs are a roller coaster every week. You never know who's going to get it. So if you want to burn a waiver wire, and you know I'm kind of blending the two, but you know Rex Burkhead is one of the running backs who's on the waivers right now. So I guess it's not too bad. But if you want to chase points, I feel like this is what you would be doing with Burkhead. So just be careful. Um, Next up, Mike Davis versus the Chargers. 13 for 45 yards, eight catches for 49 yards and a touchdown, 23.1 fantasy points, running back nine on the week in PPR. This is what you were hoping for when when, uh, Christian McCaffrey went down and you went and got Mike Davis as your backup. This is the kind of production you were hoping for. Can he keep it up? I hope so. Um, He's the lead back, so he's going to get the work. It's just a great, it's, it's kind of comforting just to know that when you got, when Christian McCaffrey went down, you picked up a guy and it worked out. You see the work that he's going to get. Um, 21, 21 touches overall in his first start. Not a problem. Keep him in your lineups. You should be fine until Christian McCaffrey comes back. And um, which is, should be in a couple weeks because he's still on, he's on IR, but if you grabbed Mike Davis, I know you're shaking your head like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and finally, Jeff Wilson. Now, we're going to talk about him uh, later on in our cop and drop segment. But Jeff Wilson had himself a day, too. 12, he not, not really on the ground, 12 for 15 yards, 12 carries for 15 yards and a touchdown. But he had 34, excuse me, he had three catches for 54 yards and another touchdown, 21.9 fantasy points. Finished as a top 10 running back in PPR formats at RB10. Great production for a guy coming in for Raheem Mostert and the San Francisco 49ers. And they beat the bricks off the Giants. The Giants should be ashamed of themselves for losing to the B team of the 49ers. That's ridiculous. How do you... Someone explain to me, how do you let this happen? You're the Giants... I would assume I haven't looked over their injury report, but they have to be the healthiest team in the NFC East right now. And they suck with a capital S man. Like how do you go into this game and you get cooked? You don't even, you don't even lose. Like you don't even make it competitive. It's not close. It was like 36 to nine. How do you do that? That's man. 
I, I feel I feel bad for you. Giants fans. I I'm not even going to talk trash to y'all. It's it's a shame. It's really it really is. They're, y'all shouldn't be losing to the B team. They don't have Kittle. They didn't have Garoppolo. They don't have any wide receivers with a a full year of NFL experience that's viable. They missing defensive players, and y'all still get cooked. Nick Mullins cooks y'all for thirty six points. <laughs> I feel sorry for y'all, man. Oh, that's even worse than tying with the Bengals, in my opinion. That's that's up there. Shameful, but I'm glad. I mean, I'm not a Giants fan. That's just rough. Now let's get into these wide receivers. Some of these guys have had crazy games. Um, well, let's just jump into it. Justin Jefferson came out of nowhere this week. They I guess they were just you know giving him the training wheels for the NFL, and then he finally were like, you know what? Let's let's unleash this guy. Because that's what they did on the Titans. Seven seven catches, nine targets, 175 yards, and a touchdown. 30.5 fantasy points, wide receiver, two on the week. PPR. It's crazy. And it's, it's good because they finally got, I don't know what the deal is with the Vikings starting slow in the beginning of the season as far as passing. And then they finally turn it on. Like, you got the wide receivers to do it. Jefferson was one of the highly toted wide receivers coming out of the rookie class this year. And it didn't make sense. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. I'm just impatient. When you have talented guys like that, you want to put them to work, especially since you don't have Stephon Diggs there anymore. You you sent him over to the Buffalo Bills. So you figure, you know, they would just jump right into it. But I guess because of the things that have been going on lately with the pandemic, that probably wasn't advised. No off season. So you kind of just want to get him eased into the NFL speed and then, you know, unleash him. So that if that's was if that was the case, he's going to be one of the biggest he's gonna be the biggest waiver wire at this week. So you know he's on my list. Next up, I gotta give a I know I'm I'm normally known for bashing the Eagles, but first I gotta give a shout out to Jalen because he called this one before the season started. And this guy actually had a really good game. He finished as a top 15 wide receiver on a, on a week. Greg Ward versus the Bengals. This was Jalen's pick before the season started. Um, seven, for, 7 of 11, 72 yards and a touchdown. Good production when no other wide receiver was there to really get it done. Deshaun Jackson went out with a hamstring injury. Um, Jalen Regger is not there anymore. He's going to be on. Um, he's going to be out for two months with the UCL in his thumb, they don't have any wide receivers. So Greg Ward showed up for Carson Wentz, got heavily targeted, and he produced. That eagle eye, good call, Jalen. It's just you got to step up in those kind of moments, and Greg Ward did. If you can, If he can continue to build on that kind of trust with Carson Wentz, he might be a viable waiver wire. I won't say might. He is a viable waiver wire ad because they don't have anybody else there. And because they're not going to be able to go deep because there's nobody there. You got to have you're going to have to use 
Greg Ward and the tight ends in short, short areas of the field. That's where Greg Ward can pick up some points in PPR. And then you're just going to have to dink and dunk down the field and hope you get in there. But Greg Ward, pay attention to him going forward. If you got the space to take the shot, might want to add him on your uh, off the waiver wire this week. And finally, Allen Robinson. Now, I know this is probably a little bit on the nose because he is a talented wide receiver. But you have to think that he's elated to have Nick Foles as his quarterback over Mitch Trubisky, especially after all the talks about the, you know, the, the inaccuracies and, you know, the contract dispute and he wasn't being happy and all this stuff. And it had I would have to assume that it had something to do with Mitch Trubisky being a quarterback because, you know, you don't get paid. You can't produce and show why you should be paid as one of the top wide receivers when your quarterback can't hit you. But 10 for 13 for 123 yards and a touchdown, 28.3 points um, for week three, wide receiver four. Hey, he's like, yo, I he got to be thanking Nick Foles right about now. Now let's move on to the tight end position. These are some names that you probably won't see again on this list. If you do, hopefully you grabbed them off waivers. Uh, me personally, a few of these names I'm kind of leery of, but let's get into it. And, I'll, you know, you tell me what you think. Jimmy Graham versus the Falcons. Six of nine, 60 yards, two touchdowns. The tight end won for week three. Now, I've been a firm believer that Jimmy Graham is still, he's still got something left. But maybe Nick Foles being the quarterback can actually put that to use. I don't know what Mitch Trubisky's been doing uh, up until this point, but the quarterback change seems to be apparent, especially with the production that guys are putting out now that they have a quarterback who can actually hit them, you know, on the field. Jimmy Graham, when was the last time Jimmy Graham was a tight end one? It's been some time. He's been able to keep up production. You know, he had some decent years when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, not so much as a Green Bay Packer, but it's been a while. But to be the cute, uh, tight end one, week three, solid, man. Solid for Jimmy Graham. Another name that you might not see on this list again, Tyler Croft versus the Rams. Four or five for 80 yards and two touchdowns, 18.4 fantasy points, the tight end two. Now, Josh Allen is having himself a year too. The MVP conversation, he's definitely in it. Massive improvements from his first, from last year, rather. He's more accurate, more confident, and even more dangerous now that you combine his accuracy as a quarterback with his rushing ability. He's like, and I don't want to pay this forward, but he's kind of like Cam Newton. Maybe better than Cam Newton. This, I mean, as far as being an accurate passer, compare the numbers. I'll have to do that. I'll have to, I'll compare the numbers and then uh, throw them up on Twitter and see what it looks like. But Jim Josh Grant Josh Allen is having a great year so far. Hopefully he doesn't cool off. But to be able to hit your tight end and make him fantasy relevant is impressive to say the least. 
especially when he has he does have other weapons. And well, John Brown went out for the game against the Rams. He still has Stephon Diggs, you know, Devin Singletary. He's got he's got a ways to produce. So, and now finally, Robert Tanyan versus the Saints. This guy came out of nowhere too. Uh, the Green Bay Packers tight end, five for five for a hundred yards and a touchdown, sixteen points on the week for fantasy. The tight end four. Now I don't know how I feel about this one. Tanyan, the Packers haven't really used tight ends before, and I was kind of hoping that Matt Lafleur would use tight ends more because you bring over that system that he had with the Titans. uh, Delaney Walker was one of the prize uh, tight ends over there and they kind of got him involved. They got him involved um, in the offense quite a bit. But since coming over to the Packers, you know, Jimmy Graham was there. They drafted Jay Sternberger. Hasn't really worked out yet. And now Robert Tanyan. And it's like, could they be going that way? Could they be using a guy like similar to Delaney Walker? Or is what Matt LaFleur doing in the Packers offense just something that's going to be different as opposed to what he did in Tennessee? I don't know. But this is not this might not be a guy that you let walk by you, Um, especially when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You might have to take the shot and hope that he continues to produce as the fantasy season goes. They not, they're kind of starved for wide receivers. Devontae Adams is dealing with an injury. Um, Alan Lazard showed up in that game. Uh, you still have, um, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling, but the production is not there with him yet. He's getting the targets, but he's just not putting up the numbers for him to be viable yet. So it's, Maybe Robert Tanyan is one of those guys that's going to awaken. I don't know. Um, I would look for sure options, but if I have a spot, if I have a starting tight end and I'm looking for a tight end too, maybe I take a chance on Robert Tanyan, depending on what my league is. Now, let's get to these duds, man, because these are guys who you were expecting to have good games and they flopped on you. The biggest one to me is Lamar Jackson versus the Chiefs. How in the world do you throw for 97 yards the whole game? How? 15 of 28, 97 yards and a touchdown. He ran for 83 yards on nine carries. 14.18 points. The QB 23. When has Lamar Jackson ever been that low? I mean, he's had bad games passing, but this is egregious. And the Cowboys fan in me is like, Well, ain't nobody talking about it today. All over Twitter was quiet about the Baltimore Ravens QB throwing for 97 yards. Let Dak had did something like that, and it would have been a firestorm. Everybody would have been, I'd have been getting screenshots of the score and the stat line. People would have been coming at me in my mentions, and my friends would have been letting me have it. But Baltimore Ravens fans, they quiet. But Lamar Jackson fans, they quiet. I ain't seen squat on there, but to be the Chiefs defense, I I don't know, man. I yo, you cannot can't do that. QB twenty three, Lamar Jackson shouldn't even be nowhere near that number. But they shut him up. 
maybe it's time to find another wide receiver who you can use in the offense outside of Hollywood Brown. Maybe. Maybe another option outside of Mark Andrews, who had a horrible game. Ooh, he's on this list, too. He's a dud. He's definitely a dud. Yeah, I'll get to him in a minute. But let's keep moving to this list. Uh, Ryan Tannehill versus the Vikings. This one was even worse because I traded for this guy uh, before week three started. Gave up Kenyon Drake. I still like the trade. Kenyon Drake versus, uh, for Ryan Tannehill, um, Danny Schultz, and John Brown, who unfortunately uh, got hurt in, with a calf injury during uh, week three. I'm fine with the trade, but you can't have a bad game passing against the Minnesota Vikings. I, now, yeah, you don't have A.J. Brown. But you got enough passing weapons to get the job done, man. And then when they really needed to start passing the ball, he was hitting guys for 70-something yard passes and all this stuff. Like, where was that at in the beginning of the game? The Vikings didn't change secondary pieces in the middle of the game. They still had those guys out there. So you should have been shredding them from the jump. Derrick Henry is a, is a running back that gets stronger as the game goes on. And you saw how he finished with over 4.6 yards per carry. But in the beginning of the game, he wasn't doing that. He wore them dudes down. But you know that their secondary is trash right now. So you got to take advantage of that. And I'm sitting there being like, yo, he's not going to throw one touchdown, is he? And he got a nerve to throw a pick. (laughs) I'm like, yo, what are you doing to me right now? Right now. Now, I still like him for the season. I'm hoping A.J. Brown comes back sooner rather than later, but he's still dealing with that uh, bone bruise, so we're going to have to wait for a minute. So Ryan Tannehill is going to have to get the job done with Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and Jonu Smith, and maybe Derek Carr. I mean, uh, Derek Henry. But he only caught – he only had like two targets. So maybe not as a passer. But come on, man. QB 24, 12.7 points. Boo. Got to do better, man. Got to do better. And finally, for our our dud QBs, Cam Newton versus the Raiders, 17 of 28, 162 yards and a touchdown and an interception. Just 11.18 points, QB 28 for week three. Now, Cam had a hot start. This, to me, is a more of an aberration. You know, the running backs got everything going this week, which we haven't seen out of the Patriots running back group uh, up until this point. Um, I expect that to continue to be in flux as far as the running backs go. Um, Cam Newton is still going to continue to progress, so I'm not too concerned about that. Maybe they could use a wide receiver um, in their group that Cam Newton can can go to. I don't feel like Nikhil Harry is there yet. I think and this is my personal opinion. I think Nikhil Harry's more of a wide receiver too, a stronger wide receiver too. I think he, he hasn't caught the break he needs right now, but I think with another guy taking attention away from defenders, I think he would be a good Robin to somebody's Batman. But, you know, maybe that's just my opinion. Now, Duds running backs, Joe Mixon versus the Eagles. I believe I had him as a sit for our starts and sits for the uh, fantasyfinance.com. If you check that out, you already knew what was hitting for, for Joe Mixon this week. The Eagles run defense is nothing to play with. You know, I've said it before. 
They may give up a ton of yards in the air, but you are not going to be able to run on them too often. And Joe Mixon behind that bad offensive line with the Bengals, only 17, only 49 yards on 17 carries, averaged 2.9 yards per carry and just two catches for 16 yards. He's not being used in the passing game. That's Giovanni Bernard's job now. And if you were expecting something different, you you were sadly mistaken. Um, there was actually a debate earlier in the season, before the season started, about whether or not Joe Mixon should be considered a top 10 running back based on his production. And Michelle Majuzic from the uh, FF Ball, the FF Ball Blast, that's our handle. She does. Uh, she does the podcast for. Uh, she does the Ball Blast podcast, um, and she was destroying dudes over Joe Mixon because he's not really used in the passing game like other running backs uh, by comparison. So his production is already capped. He has a bad offensive line. They, like these are just things that she was going on in the comments about. And I'm just reading them. I'm just like, oh, man, she's destroying dudes because they was coming at her left and right. Like, oh, but Joe Mixon's going to get a whole bunch of carries. He is getting a whole bunch of carries. Where's the production at? He ain't scored a touchdown, I believe, in three weeks. He can't get into the end zone. And if you can't get into the end zone and you're getting a boatload of carries, I would start to be nervous if I'm a Joe Mixon owner. But just something to think about. RB 36 on a, on a week. 8.5 fantasy points total. Another guy who had a bad week. I, I think this was a bad matchup too. And then losing Drew Locke didn't help. Melvin Gordon versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Only eight carries for 26 yards. Average 3.2 yards per carry. Four targets. Four, uh, Not four targets. Excuse me. Four catches for 12 yards. Just 7.8 fantasy points to RB38. Now, the reason why... One of the reasons why I brought this guy up is because in my top tier league, I believe, or my one is either my ballers or my top tier league. Somebody traded David Johnson for Melvin Gordon. And I'm like, why would you do that? And they, you know, guys is like, oh, well, that's a good trade. What? That's not a good trade. I mean, yeah, Philip Lindsay isn't there right now, but when he comes back, he's still going to get some of the work. I still think Melvin Gordon would have got would still continue to be the the bigger back as far as, you know, product production and workload. But David Johnson is the the backfield for the Texans. I wouldn't have made that trade. I wouldn't have gave up David Johnson for Melvin Gordon, especially with Drew Locke not being there, because now you see why you need a good quarterback to threaten the pass, even though Drew Drew Locke's only his second year his first full year rather into the league, but he's still better than Jeff Driscoll. And now you see what they're doing. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is pretty good so far this season. And they put the clamps on him. They put the clamps on Gordon. Now this is slightly petty, slightly not petty. Kenyon Drake versus the lions 18 for 73 yards, one catch for six yards, 8.9 fancy points, the RB 32 for week three. And the reason why I bring this up is because of my trade. Remember I told you I traded Kenyon Drake and Preston Williams for Ryan Tannehill, uh, Dalton Schultz and John Brown from Buffalo. And all of, you know, my top tier guys, I love them guys, but 
you know, everybody swear they know fantasy. And, you know, I, I'm in that boat too. I swear I know, but come on. Oh, you shouldn't have gave up Kenyon Drake. You know, he's going to be great this year. And that's possible. He could be, he could be better this year, but right now he's not, he's the RB 26 on the season so far. So if I'm trading to upgrade at different spots, and I'm giving up a guy who's not producing that well over the first three weeks. Is it a bad trade? I don't know. I'll, I'll put a poll up and you know, I think I had one up already, but I'll put up another one just in case I'll check and I'll let you guys weigh in. Was that a bad trade? Should I have kept Kenyon Drake or was it time to move on from him before his value ended up being non non important as the season goes on? I'll let y'all decide. Now, my my duds for a wide receiver, A.J. Green versus the Eagles. This was a bad matchup from the door because you know who was going to be guarding him this week. Darius Slay. You don't really test that man. So, A.J. Green was put on an island by himself. He did see six targets, but he only had five catches for 36 yards. 8.6 fantasy points for the week. The wide receiver, 50. And to make matters worse, it seems like the offense is starting to move away from him you know he while he has been heavily targeted um the last couple weeks he's not getting the production that makes him a viable fantasy option um you know joe burrow is trying to get him involved they don't seem to be on the same page and then tyler boyd and t higgins had a really good fantasy day against the eagles uh t uh t higgins caught two touchdowns uh, Tyler Boyd was catching almost everything all across the middle. That's where it seems like the offense is being funneled to. Uh, John Ross was a healthy scratch, so that's what allowed T. Higgins to get into the game and produce. And I think that Higgins is going to hold on to that spot. So if that happens, A.J. Green could be an afterthought in the offense, which is kind of bizarre because they paid him $18 million on a franchise tag. I don't, but hey, the the young guy's going target who he can get you can get the work done. So I don't know. Maybe it's an apparition. Maybe this is something to pay attention to if you're an AJ Green owner. But I don't know. Moving on to Carolina, DJ Moore versus the Chargers. He was a he was a, a definite dud. Two of two of four for fifty yards, eighty eight point five. Fantasy points, he was a wide receiver, 53. Bad. But I don't expect that to be the trend for DJ Moore. I do expect him to be involved a little bit more in the offense going forward. But Robbie Anderson is definitely the guy that's getting the most looks out of the wide receiver group. Um, Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson are really gelling. And uh, it's, starting, it's definitely showing the last couple weeks. Actually, this was the lowest, uh, this was the lowest production for Robbie Anderson this week outside of outside when he compared the first two weeks, he's had over a hundred yards in both of those games. So DJ Moore is still a guy that you can hold on to. I expect him to bounce back, but you know, you have to expect that Robbie Anderson is going to be, is the one in that offense. Now this guy is disappointing and I have to point to Phillip rivers for this. T.Y. Hilton versus the Jets, 3 of 3 for 52 yards, only 8.2 fantasy points on the week. The wide receiver, 56. 
Now, to be fair, they did play the Jets. They should have mopped them early, which they did. The defense was just getting in uh, Sam Darnold like it was nothing. And that changes the game script because now you don't have to pass to stay in the game. You just run the clock out. They did that with Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins. And it forced T.Y. Hilton to not get the production that he normally would get if you were passing heavy. But this is something that you need to worry about because it looks like the Colts are moving away from uh, being a pass heavy oriented attack like they used to be with Andrew Luck. And now they're running the ball through the running backs, Jonathan Taylor and whoever else. You know, it might be Naheem Hines one week. It might be Jordan Wilkins one week. And they're targeting those guys and the tight ends. And they're shrinking the they're shrinking the field. They're not shooting. They're not going deep. Um, they're not throwing a ball deep like that anymore. They have it the first three weeks. Now they may get into some scripts. Excuse me. They may get into some game scripts where they're going to have to throw the ball more. But right now, everything seems to be working the way that they want it. They want to keep Phillip Rivers turnovers down. And the way you do that is you shorten the field and you keep everything close or around the line of scrimmage. You hit the running backs out of the backfield for higher percentage uh, catches and you use the slot wide receiver and the tight ends. And that's what seems to be working. So T.Y. Hilton's production, hopefully it starts to arc back up, but I'm a little skeptical of that. Now my dud tight ends, Austin Hooper versus Washington. Three of four for 25 yards, 5.5 fantasy points. Like this dude, for him to be getting paid so much and for – Baker Mayfield to be struggling so much at the at quarterback, you would figure that they would get Austin Hooper more involved so that he can have a target to hit closer to the line of scrimmage so he does he doesn't have to throw the ball deep all the time. But Austin Hooper is not being involved. This is something that I mentioned before the season started about Austin Hooper's value um in an offense that doesn't really use tight ends. We saw what Stefanski used to do with the Minnesota Vikings, when he was there, he did have Irv Smith and uh, Kyle Rudolph. But Rudolph, the, those tight ends were hardly used. They were like bailouts just in case Kirk Cousins couldn't get the ball downfield or he couldn't find Dalvin Cook. They don't, they're don't; they non-existent. So this is, seems like to be the same thing that's happening so far with Austin Hooper. Um, Evan Ingram is another tight end who had a horrible week. Three of five for 22 yards and five, uh, 5.2 fantasy points. Daniel Jones in the same situation. You have, you would think that a guy like Jason Garrett would try and get a tight end with the skills that Evan Ingram has in better situations. Against a team that doesn't have a, a defense for the most part because they're injury riddled. And he still couldn't get it done. Evan Ingram hasn't done much for one reason or another so far this season. Um, there has to be better options for you later on. And it has to be somebody better. Evan Ingram is a talented tight end, but as of right now, I, I can't see starting him. Not at all. He's He's got to go to the bench. And finally, Mark Andrews, three of eight. For 22 yards, 
5.2 fantasy points. He's tied with Evan Ingram at the tight end 34. For what you got, what you had to spend to get Mark Ingram, this is not something that you want to see. Now, I I fully expect him to bounce back. This is not something that I feel like this is going to be a continuing trend. Lamar Jackson targets uh, Mark Andrews pretty often. He's one of the two passing options that you're going to get to see targets outside of Hollywood Brown. But, man, he had a bad game. He chose... I'm going to say he chose the best time to have a bad game because I was going up against him, but I was going up against him and Patrick Mahomes in my ballers league. So it was like, pick your poison. And then one of them decided, eh, I'm not going to do anything tonight. And the other one, Patrick Mahomes, he decided to light it up. So I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> but Mark Andrews, he's a dud for this week, but I, he's going to bounce back. So that'll wrap it up for our studs and duds. Let's get into this cop and drop, man. Waiver wires. You got to know who to pick this week. Cop or drop. All right. So, you know how we got to get down for our cop and drop section. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard this segment before, basically cop means, yo, I got to go pick this ball up. I got to go get this guy off waiver wires and drop is self-explanatory. Yo, these guys got to go off the team. They got to hit the waivers now. So I'm going to start with Justin Jefferson. You have to go and get him off waivers. Only 16.7% owned in NFL leagues. He had a breakout week. We mentioned it earlier in our uh, earlier in the episode. You have to go get him because now they're going to get him. They should get him more involved in the offense. You sh- he's shown how talented and dynamic he can be. And that's one of the things that's been missing out of the Minnesota Vikings offense. It's kind of it's like it's been before. It's been tailored to two guys. It's Stefan Diggs. It used to be Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen in the passing game. And then you got the short range game, the dump offs to Dalvin Cook. Now, Justin Jefferson is going to take over that role. He's going to be the the Robin to Adam Thielen's Batman. And they're both going to be able to be heavily targeted in the offense for the Minnesota Vikings. You need to get him on your fantasy team this week. Now we have another wide receiver who showed up this week, T. Higgins from the Bengals. Um, because John John Ross was a healthy scratch, it allowed T. Higgins to get in the game and produce two touchdowns. Uh, he, he saw about, I think, nine targets uh, against the Eagles. Higgins is a guy who is going to grow with Joe Burrow. Um, and A.J. Green doesn't seem like he's fitting in well. We talked about that a little earlier. Higgins is only owned in 1.1% of NFL leagues at this moment. So you need to go add him as well. He may be a wide receiver three at the moment because, you know, they're still going to start A.J. Green. They're still going to have Tyler Boyd. But he's going to see the field uh, a, a bunch because the Bengals are going to be in, in games where they're going to have to pass to keep up. They could be high-scoring games. But the volume is going to be there for the wide receiver core. Um, especially for Tyler Boyd and 
T. Higgins. The next guy um, I'm going to talk about is Miles Gaskin. Owned in only 20% of NFL leagues. He's the guy that surprised everyone when we were talking about, when we are all talking about the Miami Dolphins backfield. Jordan Howard and Matt Brader aren't getting a lot of work. Matt Gaskins, Miles Gaskins, I don't know where Matt came from. I was still thinking about Brader. Miles Gaskins has come in and he's basically taken over the running back room. Now, the only thing that bugs me is that when you get a guy like that, and you're giving him all this work, throw him a bone and get him in the end zone. He can, you don't know if he can't do it or not, if you're not giving him any goal line work and he can catch out of the backfield. So there's no excuse not to use him in goal line situations. You don't, I don't, I don't, I've never believed that the Dolphins have some kind of pounder or, or a run game that predicates to them, you know, going jumbo and doing all that stuff at the line of scrimmage. I, I mean, uh, in the goal line situations, I figured they're one of the teams that you use, you know, your big wide receivers, your big uh, tight end out of the slot, get him in, get him in moving, excuse me, get him moving and, you know, take the mismatch and allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw the ball in, in the end zone. Get Miles Gaskin some work in the goal line, please. If you do that, then Miles Gaskin's fantasy value goes up. But it's already he's already about I would say a, a solid flex on running back three at the moment, maybe a borderline running back two because of his PPR value. But Miles Gaskin should be on higher than what he's owned at right now, especially with all the injuries at the running back position. Jimmy Graham is my next pick owned in only 20, uh, excuse me, not 20, 12.9 fantasy uh, NFL fantasy leagues. Jimmy Graham could be on the rise. You have a better quarterback in Nick Foles coming along. You have a need to get, you have a need. The Chicago bears have a need because they only have Allen Robinson. They lost Tariq Cohen. We don't know yet if David Montgomery is going to get more, uh, targets out of the backfield he should but hopefully those targets go towards the pass catchers further up front you're talking about Allen robinson he's going to get his share you have uh, anthony miller and you have jimmy graham jimmy graham should be that safety valve for nick Foles going forward he should see a, a bunch of targets or he should show, he should see a bunch more targets than what he was getting with mr trubisky and like i said he's only owned in 12.9 uh, NFL uh, fantasy leagues. So you might want to target him for this week's waiver wire. Now, this one was a little surprising when I looked this up. Jeff Wilson is only owned in 1% of NFL fantasy leagues. Now, because you you figure Raheem Moster owners, you know, they would be the ones to really bring this number up to what it was or higher than what it was. But only 1%? Now, I, I do expect that number to change after the production he put out last uh, this past week. Um, and then he has the Eagles coming up next. So you figure, uh, like I said, it's hard to run against the Eagles, but he can catch. He He's a decent pass catcher, too. So you expect him to get production or at least share production with uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's still a little banged up with his rib issue. We don't know how that's going to play out. But you're looking at Jeff Wilson to potentially have the backfield to himself because everybody else is hurt. Tevin Coleman's on IR. 
Uh, Raheem Oster is going to be evaluated uh, this week as to whether he can come back. He has a, a, a MCL spring, but it's not bad. But they may give him another week off. We don't know yet. But if uh, Jarek McKinnon does, isn't able to come back because of his uh, rib contusion, Jeff Wilson has the running back field to himself. So, well, they do have the young boy, uh, Hasty, uh, that they brought up from the uh, the practice squad. But we'll see. I definitely expect Jeff Wilson's numbers to go up as long as Raheem Moster is out um, recovering from his uh, MCL spring. I was going to mention Nick Foles and Daniel Jones, but the reason why I won't is because they're more streaming options than assets that you need to go and pick up off of waivers. And the reason why I say that is because they're not owned in 50% or more of NFL fantasy leagues. Daniel Jones's schedule in particular is going to start to open up. He's got the Rams. He's got Dallas, Washington, and Philly, the next three, uh, four games. But the way he's playing right now is not somebody you want to just thrust into your lineup. Nick Foles. Yeah, he did have a decent game, uh, coming back and helping the Chicago where Chicago bears beat the Atlanta Falcons. But is this the guy that you're just going to put in your lineup? He's on the same string. We're not going to grab these guys off of waivers. We're not going to waste waiver picks on the, on the quarterback position when you can just stream them. You know, I, I seriously doubt that somebody in your league has got is going to be like, man, Nick Foles is available. I got to have him. I'm going to put in my waiver claim for Nick Foles. No, I seriously doubt it. Daniel Jones, too, especially after getting uh, balled up by the San Francisco 49ers B team. I, you know, and we all know that, like I said, the schedules lighten, lighten up for Daniel Jones um, after next week because they play the Rams. But come on, really? No. Streaming options. Those guys are streaming options based on matchups. Dallas has given up a boatload of po- uh, points. That's a good matchup. Washington's doing the same thing. Good matchup. All three defenses Shoot, you might be able to start him against the uh, Rams now that I think about it because Josh Allen had a great game against uh, the Rams, the Rams defense. So he's he's a possible starter, but like I said, he's more of a streaming option. You're not just going to – if you don't have a better option at starting at quarterback, you're not going to waste a waiver claim to get Daniel Jones, or at least I don't think you should. He's going to be there. So wait on it. Now my drops, these guys, I think at this point in fantasy, you can just chalk these guys up. Austin Hooper, he's definitely one of them. He's not being used in the um, Browns offense like that. I don't think that he'll ever get, well, that's kind of strong because you never know what in fantasy things can change. But as of right now, you're not putting him in your lineups. You're not going to waste the time to, to even attempt to put him in, even with a good matchup for tight ends. So if you're not going to start him, you can pivot to somebody like Eric Ebron, um, Jimmy Graham, uh, anybody else at this point over Austin Hooper. He's just not giving you production. He's not going to give you fantasy points. He hasn't given you fantasy points up until this point. So he can go to waivers. Um, Another one I have is Alshon Jeffrey. 
Now, this one is only speculative because, well, maybe not speculative, but the fact that he's he's a he's potentially about to come back. He's been able to practice with the Eagles. But if you're in a position where you can't stash him or you need a player and he's holding a spot, Alshon Jeffrey is holding a spot on your bench. And let's say you do need a tight end or you do need a running back and the other players that you have have been producing, but they're not drop worthy. You might have to consider putting Alshon Jeffrey back on waivers and picking up what you need, especially if you have a higher uh, waiver claim or you have a lot of fab compared to everybody else. I understand that Alshon Jeffrey could be that linchpin that comes in for Carson Wentz and then changes things for him, or at least gets more work because there isn't any other um, wide receivers there to take work from him. I totally understand that, but you have to wait and find out when he's going to play. And in the meantime, while you're waiting, other players are being picked up who are producing or who can produce more than what Alshon Jeffrey could give you. And you don't want to miss that because waivers waivers can get really tight as the season goes on. And you're going to be scrounging for uh, to fill holes in your offense or in your fantasy team. And it ain't there because you waited. So it's just something to think about. If you can drop him, drop him. If you can stash him and still make another move to waivers, more power to you. But just keep that in mind. Jordan Howard is another drop for me. He's not getting product he's not getting production. He's getting goal line work, but how often are the Miami Dolphins in goal line situations? And if they are, are they going to run it or are they going to pass? They have a good tight end in Mike Gesecki. They have Devontae Parker. They have Preston Williams who they can use around those situations. And hopefully they start giving the ball more to Miles Gaskins. But in the event that, that they don't get into the goal line, Jordan Howard is just a paperweight on your fantasy team. Might as well let him go. Send him back to the shadow realm. Michael Pittman is my next drop. Uh, It's sad because I had high hopes for him this season, but he's had an injury of his own. He won't be back until week eight. So he's definitely not a player that you need to keep on your fantasy team. Let him go back to waivers. And then maybe um, later on down the season, you can scoop him up if the Colts decide they want to throw the ball more. Boston Scott is another drop for me. He's only he's if you had him when Miles uh, Sanders was, got hurt and uh, he well he had the hamstring injury and he you know you were hoping that he was going to come out and produce like he did last season. Nah, he's not getting he's Miles Sanders is back. He's a hundred percent, and they're not splitting carries with him and Boston Scott like they did last season. You know, kind of breaking in Miles Sanders and letting him get his feet wet. Uh, because he was a rookie. Miles Sanders is the man outside of injury. Boston Scott is just a handcuff. So if you want to keep him as that, you know, that's the move you're going to have to make. But Boston Scott, if you're trying to play him, it's not a good idea. So if you're not going to play him as a as a starter or a flex option in your fantasy team, let him go back to waivers if you don't have Miles Sanders uh, ahead of him on your team. Demir Bird is another one. Um, I was kind of hoping that they, he was going to continue to, to trend upward but the passing attack for the uh, Patriots is going to be it's more than likely going to be on a need to know basis and what I mean by that is they're going to probably pay 
matchups. Like you knew that they're going to have to throw the ball against Seattle in order to keep pace with them, which they did. But how often are they going to be in those kind of situations? You know, they could be like that with against Buffalo. They could get be like that against other teams that, you know, boast a powerful uh, passing attack. But are you going to wait around for that? When you could use a, a player who's going to get consistent work or get more targets in an offense that's pass heavy, or maybe a running back that's still on waivers that you could use uh, because one of your guys got hurt. Demir Bird, you can put him back on waivers. I don't think that anybody's going to scoop him up, you know, after you drop him. Uh, he's just not getting enough work right now. And because of that, you don't need to keep him on your bench. And OJ Howard is my last drop. OJ Howard. Um, I was never really high on to begin with because I've always been on the Rob Gronkowski bandwagon because I'm expecting him to bounce back this year. Hopefully that still happens. Gronk was more involved in the offense this uh, past week over any other tight end in the uh, Bucks offense. And that's, I would assume that that's partly because Brady is there. So with Brady and Gronk, continuing to build on their new new bond in the Bucks camp. Um, I expect to see more of Gronk, which means you're going to see less of OJ Howard. Um, that's it for the drops, man. If you have any of these players and you think that you should keep them, let me know. We can talk about it. Uh, like you can always follow me on, on Twitter and I'm always open for discussion and talking fantasy, man. Y'all know I like to talk football. Come on. But That'll wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for listening. You know, uh, per every week, our articles for the fantasy's finest uh, waiver wire ads, the injury report is going to be dropping this week. Uh, just be on the lookout for these things, man, and check us out at thefantasiesfinest.com. Thank you for listening. Make sure you leave us some reviews on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button, man. Show us some love. Appreciate it. You guys take it easy. To the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.